Okay, uh, just want to read from Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. So it's Jesus calling the disciples. And uh, it says, From that time Jesus began to tell people his message. Change your hearts and lives because God's kingdom is now very near. As Jesus was walking by the lake of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Simon's brother, Andrew. These brothers were fishermen and they were fishing in the lake with the net. Jesus said to them, come follow me and I will make you a different kind of fisherman. You will bring in people, not fish. Simon and Andrew immediately left their nets and followed him. Jesus continued walking by the lake of Galilee, and uh, he saw two other brothers, James and John, the sons of Zebedee. They were in a boat with their father, Zebedee. They were preparing their nets to catch fish. Jesus told the brothers to come with him, so they immediately left the boat, their father, and they followed Jesus. I'll pray. Father, I just pray that uh, as I speak, that you would bring these words of yours to life, that you would uh, teach us today in Jesus' name. Amen. Have any of you ever seen a person that is so wound up that they literally look like they're about to explode? Yes? I've seen some people, they like... This is outside of policing, just people in general life, you know. The veins come up on the head and the veins come up on the neck and they go red like a beetroot. And there used to be a movie called Scanners back in the 80s. It was a terrible movie. Don't watch it. I don't recommend it. But it was about these people uh, who, who would get so stressed in that that finally the, uh, the, the head would explode. Now, don't imagine that because it's not very nice, but they... But sometimes people look like they're about to encounter that very scenario and their head's about to come off the top and that. You know, some years ago, I remember uh, I had, uh, we had just got back from a trip to Thailand and uh, it had, I'd been in Thailand for a month. It had been a busy kind of missions trip and then I had start of year stuff, um, planning all the youth and young adults events and I had internship programs to uh, prepare and run and we had just, just had such a busy start up to the year and, that, and I remember just one feeling tired from the missions trip but just not getting any relief and then just feeling absolutely kind of overwhelmed and exhausted and stressed about it. And uh, so I'll tell you what I did about it a little bit later, but one thing that I've realized in ministry, and it, and it doesn't really have to be in ministry, it can be any part of our life. So it doesn't matter whether you're on stage or whether you work in an office in Wellington, whether you're in a teacher in Upper Hutt or a butcher in, in Lower Hutt. You know, it doesn't really matter where you're at, what you're doing. Stress can come to all of us, and busyness can come to all of us. And one of the things I've realized in ministry is I, sometimes I can be working so hard for Jesus, so hard for Jesus, that I forget to love Jesus. So hard for Jesus, doing so, being so busy about his house, so busy about loving every, all his activities and all the things that are special to him, that I forget to love him. I forget to be consumed by him, about him, engaged in the Holy Spirit. You know, busy about their business, but not busy about them, not 
engage with them. And so I want to talk about that this morning because it's, you know, we talk about things in the world and, and we talk about hurry sickness and we talk about people on the edge of burnout and there's technology pestering us all the time and I, I don't have too much of a problem with it. Turn the alerts off, apart from the ones that matter, and then they don't pester you. But I thought we could just spend a few minutes just talking about some strategies and, and some things. Uh, you know, one picture that comes to mind uh, is a marriage, a, a loveless marriage. And I kind of get that picture because our relationship with Jesus, I mean, Jesus is the groom and the church is the bride. And we're to be in love. The church is to be in love with Jesus. And it's our job to be in love. And, you know, we see in the world, you know, marriage breakdown and, and marriages are hard work. Even a good marriage requires hard work. Anyone thinks you get married? Anyone found marriage easy? I know, no hands, no hands. Oh, one hand, bold. Mate, he's, man, you're brave. He's brave. He's probably got the perfect wife. He's the rest, the rest of us are still working hard. <laughs> if you haven't got the, the perfect bro- wife, then you should treat her better. If you want a princess or a queen, treat her like a queen. But, uh, you know, we, we need, in a marriage, we need to put in time. We need, to, we need to work hard at it. Marriage doesn't just happen. Relationships don't just happen. They require time. They require effort. They require input. If, if you haven't been away on a date and you're in a marriage and, and you're going through the young kids stage, organize some date nights. Remind yourselves why you fell in love. You don't want to be that, that statistic where the kids grow up, they leave home, and then you look at each other and go, who are you? Oh, I don't know. Who are you? It's, marriage can be so cool, but it requires investment, requires us to remember why we fell in love. And so part of that is, is our relationship with Jesus, why we fall in love. We do get busy. I mean, there's a story in uh, Luke 10 about Mary and Martha. You know, Jesus comes to Mary and Martha's house and, and the two of them are there. They both have the same time on their hands. They both have the same opportunities, but they choose to use their time differently. Martha is probably, I would suspect, the older sister. That's a generalization. But, you know, older sisters tend to be, they carry, tend, or older kids tend to carry a more sense of needing to get things done and who's going to feed them. And, and babies like myself, I'm a baby in my family, one of them, you know, second to youngest. We kind of just cruise along and it all gets done, you know. And so we, we tend to be the otters. We have fun and we don't have to generally. Uh, your situation might be differently. Don't get offended if I got that completely around the wrong way. But Martha's in the background, cooking for Jesus, preparing meals and that. And Mary sits at Jesus' feet. And in the end, Martha is ready to blow a top. And she says, don't, you tell her to get in here in the kitchen and give me a hand. You know, I'm working my bones off here, slaving. And she's out there doing nothing but sitting at your feet listening. And, and Jesus says, Martha, you worry a lot. 
You know, she, what she decided to do was a good thing, but you're worried about the work, you know? She, she has done a good thing. She's pursuing me. And sometimes we need to just remind ourselves we need to pursue Jesus. We need to pursue Jesus. We need to pursue God. You know, in Genesis, it talks about uh, the church in Ephesus that uh, was highlighted as being a great church, doing many, many good works. But it said, I have one thing against you. You've lost your first love. You've lost your first love. Sometimes we've got to go back to our first love. Many, many years ago, uh, not many, many years ago, a few years ago, I was out hunting. Uh, those of you that know Peter, he's come and spoken at the church, but him and I quite often go hunting at times. And we went out hunting, and it was a new block of land I'd never been on, and we split up. He went down low, and I went up high. And and I'd been out for a couple of hours, and, and then I thought, oh, it's probably starting to sort of get dark. I'll, I'll mosey on down. So he was going to pick me up in a quad further down. And so I walked on down and came around the clearing to where I thought he would be, and, and I thought, it doesn't look like I remember. And um, so, so I thought, oh. so I walked around another area, and I thought, hmm, this isn't where he dropped me off. I don't remember this area. And in the end, um, I had walked around quite a bit trying to retrack where I should be, and it was getting dark, and I wasn't worried. I mean, it wasn't cold weather. It was summertime. I could have sat out there and just snuggled up somewhere. And But I was, uh, my biggest concern was more about what he, he might worry about my status, uh, how I was and that. So in the end, I went right. I managed to track my way right back up to where I was and then come down again, and that time I found my th- way through. But one of the things I found really useful in life is sometimes we've got to go backwards to our first love and then track our way back, and it helps us to navigate our way. When we get the basics, we get our markers that keep us on track, things always go better. So I've got four quick things, four quick ideas. And the first one is retreat, spend time with God. Rekindling love requires spending time. If you have a marriage that needs some work, spend time together. Spend some time together. Talk. It's the same. Same with God. Just spending time with Jesus, hanging out with Jesus. Learning to talk to Jesus. Learning to talk to God like a friend. Not not like, you know, something out there, but... Someone right here, you know, my friend, he journeys with me. We go in the car together. When I got back from Thailand, I was, as I said, I was tired and and I was feeling uh, pretty spent. And so one morning I was feeling particularly tired and kind of exhausted. And I grabbed my uh, my man bag and my iPad and, and I went off to a cafe in Palmerston and I bought myself a big bowl of I can't remember if it was coffee or hot chocolate. It was something really good. Um, and I sat down and got my iPad out and read my Bible. And I had coffee with God. 
that was not a new idea to me. It came from a sermon that Anthony Walton preached many years ago about having, in fact, I think he wrote a, co- a little book called Coffee with God. And so it was an idea that I'd been aware of and I had kind of done that thing before. Uh, but I went out and I really, really needed to spend some time having coffee with God. And so I just sat there alone and read the Bible and just and just sat there and stared into space and just thought. And I think I was there for probably about an hour and a half, two hours, and I came out a changed man. You see, I had spent time with God. Now, he didn't tell me anything incredibly wise. He didn't, you know, I, I didn't come out and I, I had this word come to me. Don't, don't, don't. Nothing happened. I just spent time with God. And I think when we spend time with God, the Holy Spirit does a work that we don't see. We don't understand. Ron, when he wrote this letter and um, about the peace that's, that's enveloped them, that's, that's journeying with them, he can't explain how that works. All he can tell you is that it doesn't hurt like it should hurt. He's not down for the count, him and Misty and Monique and that. They're not down for the count. They're up and they're still going. And they know that somehow in all the madness, God has some, some, something that he's working out. And it just comes from spending time recharging in God. Not working harder. Not pushing harder. Not making it, you know, faking it till you make it or any of that stuff. Just spending time with God. Second one is read the Word. It's exactly the same. I find when I read my Bible, I don't know what exactly it is. I can't explain it. But when I read my Bible, it does something inside me. It does something inside me that I just don't understand. But it changes everything in my world. It does something in my heart that I have no idea. Things, I think God in the spiritual is rewiring stuff, recalibrating stuff. And they're saying, you know, he, he thought like this. Let's just modify that a little bit. Let's just move that wire over here. And let's just turn that gauge a little bit that way. That's better. That's he'll run all that better. I think God's doing a whole bunch of unwork, un, un, invisible stuff that we can't see. It's unseen, but he's doing it on the fly. And when we take time out with him and we read our Bible, it's been done spiritually it's a spiritual work we read in a physical book but it's not just a physical book is it it's a holy spirit book it's a god book it's 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 a spiritual book as well and there's stuff being done we read the word we let the let the bible wash over us it washes us over it challenges our thinking it cleanses our thinking it challenges our motivations. I have anger towards someone or, or uh, you know, some kind of stink attitude towards someone, and it challenges that. No one has to say, Dean, your, your attitude towards that person stinks. No, the Bible points it out to me. The Bible's the mirror that I look at, and it says that attitude really isn't good. You need to lay it down. Then I come to church to take communion. I can't take communion. Because I know what the conscience of God, God is saying, you can't take communion and, and be, you know, angry with someone or hating someone or whatever, you know, so it's got to be sorted out.
Next one, relate to God. Relate to God. Listen and pray. It's not just about reading God's word, but it's actually thinking about how he thinks about stuff. Not just reading, but actually thinking how, and this is where coffee with God is really good because I get to actually, and when I read my Bible, I actually ask God to open it up to me. Like, will you teach me what it means? Because quite often you read the Bible and, and it can be very simple to, you know, the idea is there, but I always think that God has some extra stuff under there. And I always ask God to open my eyes and show me the deeper principles that are sitting under here. And sometimes I will read the Bible and, and I just, and suddenly it's like I've been reading it all wrong. And I suddenly look at it, I go, wow, oh, wow. I just understand something. Or I, a word stands out like it never has, and I suddenly realize, like, oh, my goodness. I've been reading this for how many years, and I have never noticed that. How many have found that? You read, suddenly a word stands out, and it just changes the emphasis of everything. So relating to God. I love the message. You know, Matthew 11, it says, Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come with me, get away with me, and we will recover your life. I'll show you how to take a rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. We have that, one of our friends uh, is a painter and she painted that in, into an art piece and we have that in our hallway. We walk past that every day, that scripture. And the number of times I stop and look at it and I just say, you know, come hang with me and you'll learn the rhythms of life. You'll learn the rhythms of life. So good, so good. And the last one is rest and rely on God. Rest and rely on God. Regardless of whatever God's got going on in your world, God has got it. God's got your back. It may look hairy. It may look terrible. But God is there in your corner. He never leaves the ring. He's always got your back. And, you know, in the physical, it may look one way. But in the spiritual, it's completely different. God works out all things for the good of those who love God. The Lord. Yes? Amen. Amen. And last thing to ponder is Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I will always have everything I need. And you can read the rest yourself. The Lord is my shepherd. I will always have everything I need. He gives us everything we need. I'll pray. Father, we thank you. You're a good God. You love us. You protect us. You look after us. Even when things don't look great, even when things go wrong, you journey with us. You never promise that everything will be easy. You never promise that bad things won't happen, but you say you'll be with us through everything. And we thank you for that faithfulness, for the fact that gold comes from fire. Depth comes from trials. Father, and we lift your name high. We look to you. We love you. 
today in Jesus' name. Amen.